what I'm going to study for. First things first, water. We've talked multiple times, one gallon per hundred weight. And so where we talked about it with horses and do we have enough in there? You know, we only checking it twice a day. Um, you know, maybe we should have an extra bucket, etc. So water on it, pretty important. Primary function is going to be transportation. And then bottom line, uh, cheapest nutrient. And we like it to be fresh. And if we end up with it in ponds and all that kind of stuff, then we're going to change a pH. We're going to change a gut environment. And we potentially can run into problems with diseases. So one gallon per hundred weight, primary function is going to be transportation. And it's the one that, you know, the first thing it comes out of is the gut. That's why we end up with some constipation because they're going to maintain blood volume for the heart rate and all that stuff. And so that's where we can end up with our colic and stuff from an impaction on horses. Uh, second one, carbohydrates. Primary source is energy. So we go through glycolysis. We start talking about biology. We start talking about biochemistry. Uh, it's going to be used um, C6H12O6 plus oxygen is going to yield CO2 plus water plus energy or ATP. And so carbohydrates, uh, primary carbohydrate out there is going to be corn. You know, so that's going to be the one that we're going to use for most livestock diets. We talk later on in the semester. Hey, corn by itself, um, without being genetically modified, is inherently low in lysine. And so that being the case, a lot of times that's the reason why lysine is our first limiting in amino acid in a lot of these species is because of the fact that corn uh, doesn't have a whole lot of lysine. And it's typically our cheapest energy source. Uh, other carbohydrates, oats. Hey, you know, a lot of times we leave the husk on. We can crimp them a little bit. We can roll them a little bit. Good thing about leaving the husk on or having it, even if we crimp it or roll it, goes back to those old horse people on it. Hey, by golly, uh, oats, if you need to add a little fiber, pull a little moisture back into that track to help that passage rate, keep that horse's digestive system right, let it roll. Uh, wheat, you know, we talked about wheat as one of them. Biggest thing with wheat, hey, we're going to use it for people. And so every time we're looking at potato chips, we're looking at, um, you know, other than corn chips, but we're looking at potato chips, we're looking at Twinkies, we're looking at bread, etc. And so a lot of times, and, and of course it goes back to one of our byproducts of wheat was wheat mids. And wheat mids, of course, we use primarily for pelleting. Uh, barley. Barley's great. We talked about it from a feeding standpoint. Barley will lay on that little firmer kind of fat. And I'm not sure exactly what the concentration or, or what type of um, fatty acid profile that it does when it's converted. But barley will lay on that firmer type fat, particularly if we're talking show lambs and steers. You know, that'll just kind of handle and it won't have that same kind of roll and stuff to it. So, carbohydrates, primarily an energy source. Um, you know, we get into ruminants. You know, they can break those. Microbes will break it down. They'll use those 
those carbon skeletons to make their own amino acids, to do whatever else that they need to do with it. Proteins. Uh, probably second to water, I think, is probably one of the most important. And I know that we say an animal eats to meet its energy requirement. And our biggest thing and what we formulated all our diets on in class was crude protein. And so crude protein on it, hey, we're talking growing, we're talking blood cells, we're talking body cells, we're talking muscle cells, you know, we're talking enzymes, we're talking hormones, and then, of course, the largest organ is skin. And we talked about how it constantly regenerates from the inside out, and so when we scrape ourselves on it and it hurts for a day or two, Hey, that third, fourth day, all of a sudden, it, it's just kind of growing right on back out. And so that dermal layer that we see up top versus uh, or the epidermal layer up top versus the dermal layer down below that has the hair follicles and all that. And that's why if we cut it deep enough, and the same thing, we're sitting here um, old branding an animal then we're burning those follicles on it. We're getting deep enough into that skin on a hot brand. And then on a freeze brand, we're just holding it on there long enough. We're not killing the follicle. And that's why when it grows back out, that hair is white. And so we can see a freeze brand. But proteins serve, you know, between enzymes and hormones and you name it. I mean, it's wide open. And if I see a dull hair coat, I see an animal on there who's feeder suspect etc a lot of times i'm saying hey you need more protein in your diet uh fat hey fat's basically energy and uh you know we talked about how dwight loves mix 30 hey it's a liquid fat bottom line we get into ruminant animals we need to hold that fat consumption to about five percent or less now, we get into some other species. We're talking about hogs. We talked a whole bunch about fat additions for hogs. Hey, we're going to increase gains. We're going to increase growth. We're going to increase this. Too much fat too early in development. What's going to happen is you're going to cause them to go from uh, skeletal growth, muscle development. You're going to cause them to become more early maturing and start laying fat on quicker. So... That's a great deal, but we just have to be conservative and we have to watch where we put it in in terms of amounts. I know it's very popular now for humans with uh, keto diets, but the biggest thing that we need to do is make sure that we kind of minimize if we're talking about ruminants or we kind of sit here and keep it in check when we start talking about hogs. One thing I didn't throw out there for hogs is a research study we did Mississippi State years back when they first started in Mississippi was a catfish capital of the United States and had all these catfish ponds and they said hey we got all this oil from the processing left over well we fed that oil to those hogs and lord and behold we turned around guys and guess what hell the damn pork tasted like fish when you started cooking it and then when we got into the fat and we started processing the hog, it was real soft and real oily. So 
We start talking about fat additions to diets. It's a great way to bump energy, and particularly when we're in young animals, and we're talking about us weaning these lambs here pretty quick. You know, I'm thinking that that fat, particularly when we're coming from that high-fat um, milk diet that those ewes produce, and we need to maintain that fat content to maintain energy. Then after that, minerals, multiple components. Uh, we said primary functions. Hey, skeleton, calcium, phosphorus. Those of y'all that went through Dr. Lemieux's 201 growth and development, hey, we're depositing it in, we're pulling it out. Uh, you gets to the end point. She's got twins. Hey, if she doesn't have enough calcium available to her as a mineral supplement, then she's going to take it from her bone. And we're going to find that in multiple species on that as well. Uh, phosphorus is going to be the other one that's going to be a key component in it. Of course, we talked phosphorus with multiple things. You know, not only that from a skeletal and our calcium to phosphorus ratio that we wanted to be one-to-one, two-to-one, depending upon diets, depending upon production. But phosphorus is also the P in ATP or energy. And also, guys, we run into phosphate, too, when we start talking about RNA and DNA. And so phosphorus is a pretty key component. And we don't want too much. We don't want too little. And if we do one or the other, then we're going to throw all of our systems, all of our, um, all of our set of checks and balances out of whack. Uh, other ones after that, we talk, and, and we've talked salt multiple times, sodium chloride multiple times in terms of water consumption. Uh, we talked about pH balance. We've talked about um, sodium and potassium in terms of membrane potentials. You know, active transport requires that sodium, potassium, ATP from phosphorus to sit here and, and facilitate. And then our sodium ions bring it in, our potassium ions cross back over the membrane to maintain that charge component there. And so we start talking sodium chlorine, which is salt, sodium chloride, and potassium. And so sodium and potassium both have a positive charge. So electrolyte, acid-base balance, pH balance, mineral balance, um, transport across membranes, um, think nerve functions when we start getting into it. So when we start talking that, guys, from a mineral standpoint, calphos for skeletal, Phosphorus has multiple other functions, including ATP, DNA, RNA, etc. And we get into sodium, chlorine, and potassium. And so sodium Na+, plus, uh, potassium K+, plus, and potassium also for us when we apply it from a production standpoint um, is uh, we're, we're applying it out and we call it potash. So, all the way through, we're just trying to maintain those. And then vitamins. Bottom line with vitamins, we got two classifications or what? Water-soluble, fat-soluble. Fat-soluble vitamins, A-E-D-K. A&E, as long as we got some green, lush grass out here, in which we noticed our ryegrass went dormant. We caught those 80-degree days 
in the early part of April. Ryegrass goes dormant. Guess what? Uh-oh. And so all of a sudden, we've gone for a while without a lot of lush green grass between the hot days early that kind of short, um, kind of shorted up our winter forage growing season. And then we caught this kind of semi-drought for about three or four weeks that kind of kept our summer grasses from really taking off and thriving in it as well. And so as long as we've got good green grass, A and E are no problem. Uh, cut hay. Hey, we dropped that hay. The less green that hay has in it, the less vitamin A it has in it. And we talked about how vitamin A is pretty cheap. Vitamin E on the flip side, you know, they'll even supplement it in um, cattle feeding diets towards the end. And the luxury is, is that it sits here and, uh, you know, when they turn around and they slaughter that animal, it's kind of an antioxidant. And it helps maintain that bloom and that bright red color on that meat when you see it in the meat case. Okay. Hey, years back, I was sitting here giving some blood cell and I was giving a red cell over and over and over and over and giving some more red cell and you name it. And I even caught a horse one time, jockey gave it to me, etc., and had blood coming out of both nostrils. And my job was to make sure that it went all over my shirt, and I kept my forearms up in front of the shirt. So, did red cell help, and the vitamin K help to prevent bleeding? No. And that's why we end up with all these horses now that run on Lasix, and you know, Lasix is not approved when we go overseas, and so that's why those horses, and a lot of time, are really outstanding stallion here in the States um, that does not require Lasix to run on. A lot of times, they'll be purchased and run over in, in Europe. So, vitamin K, going to help with blood clotting, uh, warfarin on it, and so um, a lot of times, that's the same stuff. We give an anticoagulant. You know, a lot of our rat poisons, that's what it is. So we start talking about coumarin in there, uh, warfarin type deal, prevents them from um, clotting. And that's why when you pick up that red or that dead rat that's consuming it, why you don't want your dog or your cat to consume that dead rat is because it consumed an anticoagulant. And so that's why that rat's so soft and uh, really rigor mortis didn't set in is because of that um vitamin d hey give me some sunlight baby as long as i'm out and i'm grazing i'm on it now the hogs we talked about that are in a barn forever the chickens we talked about that are in a barn forever they need to consume a total mixed ration because they're not exposed to sunlight so when we start talking about the basics on nutrients, that's your six nutrients right there. Um, we broke them down quite a bit considerably after that, but that's probably the first part that I would focus, fo uh, focus on on this final exam.